0: You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Anthony Kastrovitz, and this is our latest look at the Kansas City Royals. I'm joined by Jeffrey Flanagan. Jeffrey, it looked bad, uh, that injury, Salvador Perez in the World Baseball Classic, kind of every team's worst nightmare, uh, especially when it's such a star-level player like Perez. But uh, sounds like they, they dodged a bullet. Um sounds like a hyperextended uh, elbow on the collision. And the knee, uh, is, which seemed to be the, the bigger concern, Yeah. Uh, the, the
1: MRIs on that have been clean. So
0: great news there for the Royals.
1: Yeah, they really did dodge a bullet there. And, uh, you know, Saturday, uh, I think everybody, their concern level was, you know, DEFCON 5 at that point. And the first MRI that was done in Mexico uh, came back clean, but the Royals uh, uh, wanted him to be reexamined when he got here. He had a second MRI yesterday excuse me, I just talked to Sal Perez uh, this morning, and he said the second one was as good as the first. Now, as you mentioned, the bigger concern right now, the knee is fine. Uh, the swelling's almost gone. Uh, he hyper hyperextended his left elbow on the same play, and that's going to keep him out, <coughs> excuse me again, uh, at least a week. So uh, it's really hard to extend your swing um, with that left arm uh, with hyper hyperextended elbow. So they're going to be very, very cautious. But Sal was in a very good mood this morning. He was, you know, hopping around, laughing and joking, and smiling with teammates, and uh, even threw a little bit on the side. And I, uh, we asked him uh, if he was going to be ready for opening day, and he almost was offended by that. He said, of course I am. You know, do you think I'm going to miss opening day? No way. So, uh, yeah, they uh, all systems green on, pretty much green on, on Sal Perez. And no small irony there with it being Drew Biterra, uh,
0: the one who collided into it. It almost felt like the, the Seinfeld episode where uh, – uh, George knocks out Bette Midler, and the understudy uh, comes in. And this is just, this is more of a direct hit with the
1: backup uh,
0: running into the, the starter. Uh, just one of the yeah, we, uh, obscurities
1: of this tournament. Yeah, we talked to Drew as well this morning, and uh, you know he felt he felt awful at the time, and he, him and Sal had numerous conversations. Uh, he apologized again this morning when they talked. Sal said that wasn't necessary, uh, and and you got to feel for Drew in the situation because he was actually yeah. trying to avoid him and the relay throw from uh, from Rodriguez uh, ended up pulling Sal back toward Butera. so that's how yeah. the collision happened but you know Drew took a lot of heat on Twitter and he's he's kind of a he's not a huge twitter guy but he's on twitter quite a bit and and uh you know we asked him about that and he just said well I I don't really want to comment on that you just got to got to just laugh off uh you know what the trollers say so uh He's gonna actually drew is gonna we're, we're speaking here on, on Wednesday he's gonna actually start today he's back from uh from team Italy and um he's feeling you know pretty good about being back uh, kind of sad that uh, Italy uh was eliminated
0: yeah they were eliminated by uh Venezuela
1: and uh i'm I'm
0: sure for Perez
1: uh as happy as it is to
0: to have avoided major injury here I'm sure he's bummed not to be advancing with his teammates in Venezuela
1: yeah he really is I mean you know. The original thinking was, "Oh, why, why are these guys even in the WPC? You know, there's too much a risk." But I've not heard one player say that. You know, these injuries can happen there, here in spring training. Uh, he loved playing for his uh, home country, and um, he's certainly going to miss uh, playing with them uh, as far as they advance. Well, we know uh, the catching situation. We we know the pecking order there. Sal Perez, yes.
0: Drew Bautera. Uh, but you took a position by position look at the this Royals club as we uh, get into the home stretch of spring training, and uh, obviously not uh, a tremendous uh, amount of uh, positions up for grabs, but there are a few. Um, I thought we'd run through a couple of those here. Uh, sure. Second base, you know, Whit Merrifield was was probably uh, I don't know if he was the favorite coming in, but, but certainly uh, had a good shot of, of securing
1: that second base job. But it seems Raul Mondesi has kind of forced the issue there. He really has. I mean, uh, you know, he wasn't really in the conversation when we opened camp over a month ago and uh he's just been lights out since he got here and uh hitting the ball well. Obviously we know how great he is defensively with, with, with the great athleticism and uh I think he's hitting over four hundred or four fifty or something like that and, and he hit another rocket yesterday, uh in the alley. So the big issue there, and by the way, Chester Cuthbert, who's trying to transition from third base to be of some value at second, um, really has looked good defensively at second, way better than, than a lot of people projected. So uh, he's in the mix too. Though so I really think it comes down to Christian Cologne with Merrifield and, and Raul. And, and the problem, as you know, with Monsey is the roster construction part of it is you know, he has options left, Cologne and Cuthbert don't. Uh, Whit Merrifield does, but Whit Merrifield is a is super utility guy that is valuable to any manager, especially Ned Yost, and I really can't see him not being on the 25 man. So the one thing we know for sure is not all four can be on the 25 man. So uh, if you're going to force the issue and force Raul man- Mondesi into a starting job at second base, you'd probably have to deal uh, Christian Colon or Chester Cuthbert, and I'm not convinced they're ready to do that yet so uh, we still got a couple of weeks left in, in camp um, and we'll just have to see how all of that plays out and in the outfield we know the concoction uh, we know Alex
0: Gordon uh, Jorge Soler on the corners and Lorenzo Cain in center field but which man in which corner I guess is, is still somewhat of a question or, or what, what are the thoughts on uh, On so I know Soler's is off to a slow start offensively but what are the thoughts on, on how the outfield will look
1: well, I still think Soler will end up being in right. Um, we talked to him today, as a matter of fact, uh, through an interpreter and asked him about that and, you know, where he's more comfortable, and he almost kind of bristled at it. He's played a lot of games in left field down here, and Alex has played, yeah. uh, score has played a lot in right, but he kind of bristled at that and just said, you know, I, I, I like right field. I feel comfortable in right field. And then he kind of just ended the question right there. So <laughs> I, I think we know where he stands on the issue. Um and he's made strides down here. Uh, he's working a lot with outfielder coach uh, Rusty Koontz, who's kind of you know the guru in, in baseball with working with outfielders. And uh, we've seen him get a little bit better on his first steps, and um, you know hitting just basic things like hitting the cutoff man a little bit more often. And uh, he's, he's certainly got a lot of, of, of talent, a lot of athleticism there, and uh, good arm. Um, and I think he'll just continue to get better and better defensively as, as the season progresses.
0: And where do things stand with the back end of the rotation? Uh, I know they have high hopes for Nathan Carnes' trade acquisition. Um, we've got Jason Vargas back healthy. Uh, Jason Hamels, of course, uh, in the rotation from, from you know, his two-year contract, but also a two-year contract, Travis Wood, who's kind of a swing man, can go either way there, bullpen rotation. What, what do you see for that last
1: spot? Well, just, to, just trying to read the tea leaves here, it, it still seems to me like Nathan Carnes has the edge. Um, maybe because it was a trade, uh, who knows? I mean, you know, they gave up uh, Gerard Dyson for him, but he's a power-arm right-hander um, who, you know, a lot of teams have been interested. This is his fourth team, so, the, you know, someone's trying to, to unlock the potential there, and the Royals still believe he can, uh, or they can, and he got lit up in his last start a little bit, but I don't think that has deterred uh, Ned Yost or Dave Island of, uh, from his ability and potential this spring. I still think he's got a slight advantage. Chris Young really looked good his last outing. Uh, Travis Wood got nicked around a little bit. Um, We do know, as you mentioned, Travis Wood can transition very easily to the bullpen. Uh, Nathan Carnes, not so much. He doesn't really like to do that. He wasn't very successful at it last year with the Mariners. So uh, at this point, with two weeks left to go in a camp, I think Carnes has a little bit of an edge in the horse race. Um, and Chris Young, you know, will be used at some point this year in the rotation. I don't, I don't think there's any doubt about that because you still have Jason Vargas, a year and a half removed from Tommy John surgery. Who knows? You know, will he be capable of making 30, 35 starts? We don't know. So it's a good thing for them they have that kind of depth. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and they'll they'll use more than five over the course of the season. There's absolutely. no doubt about that.
0: Uh, and the bullpen will, of course, always be in flux over the course of a season as well. But uh, as far as where things stand in camp for, for the battle uh, uh, to be in the back end of that bullpen, uh, you mentioned a couple of names that are that are interesting. Uh, we don't know a whole lot about these guys. Scott Alexander and uh, Yender Karamo, who's not even on the 40-man. What are, what are your thoughts on those two guys who've had strong camps?
1: Both have just been terrific this spring. Uh, Scott Alexander wrote a piece on him about a week ago, uh, was finally diagnosed with diabetes. Um, Uh, Last season, uh, midway through the season, uh, he kept wondering why he was getting weaker and weaker and losing, you know, he lost almost 20 pounds, I think. And uh, now that that's been diagnosed and he's getting proper treatment, uh, insulin changed his diet a little bit, um, actually quite a bit, obviously, and and has just been lights out this spring. And and I can't tell you how much the coaching staff is raving about him right now. Uh, I, I foresee only one spot open uh, in the bull, back of the bullpen, I think they'll carry seven uh, bullpen guys. So you've got one spot and you've got you know all these reclamation projects still in camp. Uh, and you have Scott Alexander, you also have Peter Moylan signed a minor league deal. He's not on the 40, but they know exactly what he can do. He pitched 50 games for him last year with a 3.4 or something ERA. Um, and then you mentioned Yender Karamo, uh, who's a kid, he's 25. I think he led the Texas League at ERA last year. They're in love with him. Uh, he's got a heavy sinker, not a strikeout guy, but throws mm-hmm. strikes. Uh, that heavy sinker gets a ton of ground ball. They would be very comfortable if he ended up being that seventh guy. But, uh, again, you know, just like with the Mondesi thing, you've got, you've got some roster construction issues. So uh, to get him or Peter Moylan in the bullpen, you're going to have to you know, bump some, a guy off the 40 um scott alexander is already on the 40 so he probably has a slight edge there all right there you have it the latest from jeffrey flanagan
0: and uh, a couple more weeks to go in royals camp we'll see what develops there jeffrey will be all over it for royals.com and mlb.com I want to thank him for joining us thank you all for tuning in this